Father, we thank you for the presence of God today. And Lord Jesus, we were privileged as your kids, as your brethren, to love on you and to minister to you. We love your name, Jesus. It is all-powerful, all-beautiful, all-wonderful. Hallelujah. It's great. It is the greatest. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, that you couldn't come unless Jesus went. We're so grateful that you're with us today. And teacher, as we delve into the word for the time we have left and for what you want to say today, we thank you for the impregnation of your word and the seed inside of us and the growth of the crops that are already established. Thank you, Lord, for Isaiah 54 being a reality in our experience in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, expand the tent. Amen. Praise God. Well, this is Palm Sunday, hence you have palms. We're not going to fold them up and make crosses out of them for you. Amen. Not today, but they are significant. I've got a great teaching on palms, but I'm not talking about palms today. Get your own study aids out and look up palms if you want to enjoy yourself. But I do want to talk about the, the cross today. Amen. I want to take some time. And it's a cross and resurrection, but the resurrection will, of course, do next week. But uh, Christianity, this is an amazing statement. You've heard it. Uh, If you haven't, it'll it'll bless you. Christianity stands or falls in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was really interesting in the movie, The Case for Christ, that the one man said it to the journalist that was the atheist that was on a quest to disprove the resurrection. And the guy really was really great, the strategy and the way it was presented because it was based on a true story. This guy, the journalist, worked with a Christian man, and uh, he he wanted to so disprove. He was so upset that his wife got saved. His wife now, who was an atheist alongside of him, now she was a believer, loved Jesus. Boy, it's amazing. Just one thing if you say God, but when you start saying Jesus, man, I'll tell you what, demons get to itching. They don't like that name because if you say God, there could be a million gods that you could be referring to. And most of them serve the devil. Hallelujah. So he's not afraid of the name God. Matter of fact, he would prefer that you and I just use God. But all but when the believer uses the name of Jesus. Oh, Sakatare. Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Even the Jewish exorcists had enough sense if when they saw the authority that Paul walked in, casting demons out, and the, and the uh, uh, apostles at that point. And the, then the believers, as they began to cast demons out, they said to the man that was possessed with seven devils. Hallelujah. There were seven exorcists. The man was possessed with devils. And they said, we adjure you by the name whom Jesus preaches, or Paul preaches. In the name of Jesus, come out. And the devil said, Paul, I know. And Jesus I, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. And then he pounced on them, the whole clan of Jewish exorcists, tuned every one of them up physically, ripped the clothes off them, and sent them out of the place naked. And the Bible says fear began to come over the people. Hallelujah. But you could say, in that instance... The demon in the man said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. Oh my God, the authority a believer has. Those Jewish exorcists had no authority in the spirit. But believers do. 
And demons know you do. So you and I need to know that. Demons understand. They understand that you and I in Christ have the authority and responsibility to cast them out. That's why a devil can be in somebody, come into a church and just lay low. He don't want to be exposed. Come on. Y'all here? Hallelujah. He don't want to manifest. But sometimes he's forced to. And when that demon starts to manifest in somebody... Out in Jesus' name. It don't have to listen. We had, we did all that stuff that was wrong. Grabbing a person in the name of Jesus, my Lord Jesus. I got beat up so bad. Huh? We, me. Me. Yeah. Carol had more sense. But bless God, we this person was demonized, and I mean, you know, there are knives and all this other stuff. And I had this person and I'm holding that person. And I was sick as a dog at the same time. Listen, sickness is not an excuse to miss church. I'm t- I was just sharing with Vince and Lydia. I mean, unless you, even there, get on a pallet for crying out loud. The Bible says they carried him in on pallets in the name of Jesus. How, you want a miracle? Bring somebody that needs it. Bless God. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I was running 100, almost 102 fever that night. Led praise and worship. Bless God, we're there. And this young teenage girl, she, uh, her ankles, we were looking at her. She stood out in the aisle, and her feet literally rolled up on the side. And, yeah, about three, 400 folk there. You want, yeah, the Lord tuned us in on it. And we're looking at it, and it's like, uh-oh. That ain't normal. Y'all hear? That ain't normal. And, well, anyway, long story. That she got up. The service ended. It was a great service. Now, remember, I'm pipe fitting. I'm, we're pastoring. I'm leading worship. Sick as a dog. But I, bless God, I ain't missing church. I ain't missing the anointing. I'm coming. Hallelujah. It's my, I'm, I, I'm responsible. Not because I'm just a leader, because I'm a Christian. I'm responsible. Hallelujah. I need to be there to do my part. I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? I can rest when I get home. Hallelujah. Yay, she caught up. Anyway, we wrestled this guy. She, uh, the service had concluded, and you know the story Carol had heard? She heard something. There was 16 years old. There was noise all throughout this ballroom. People were coming and going, celebrating the meeting and everything else. And out of the whole room, the Holy Spirit tunes her into this noise. Like this noise is coming from the kitchen. And the Holy Spirit says to Carol, she has a knife. The girl. And so she says, Carol says, Ray, she's in the kitchen. She has a knife. Go. Go. So I'm moving on it. Now, I want to tell you something. You want to go with wisdom. Yeah. Amen. So I get to the, 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 there was a large kitchen where this girl was with the knife. I come into the main opening into the kitchen. The light switch, there are no lights on, and the light switch is at the other end of the kitchen. And we can't see her. Mm-mm. I just hear the knife. 
And I'm like, oh, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I walked by faith right over to that thing. I turned the light on, and there she is just staring, hitting with a knife. You don't know, she, she's probably wanting to kill herself or whoever. Amen? We went over in the name of Jesus, bound that devil, took the knife from her, and then the move was on. That girl had supernatural strength. I am sick as a dog. You know how you feel when your body, you're, you know, you're, just, you're battling a fever. You, all your get up and go got up and went. You know, but it takes Holy Ghost power. And, man, I grabbed her, the guest speaker. We, I, you know, in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus never did that. But it was a learning experience. So don't ever waste time wrestling the devil. If the person wants to keep it, keep it. She didn't want to keep it. Are you with me, though? You don't want to cast the devil out of somebody if there's nobody there to put the word back in them. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, when the devil goes out of a person, it goes into dry places, but comes back to see if the house is empty or, or full. And if it's empty, it brings seven more, and the condition of that person is seven times worse. Hallelujah. Amen. Not hallelujah, they're worse, but thank God for light. That we can use our head for more than a hat rack. And when it comes time to minister to somebody, you have to be like Carol was saying. It's not just coming out with just doing what's right. It's like, Holy Spirit, lead me to do what's right and say what's right. So anyway, the, you know, we're, <laughs> the guest speaker ends up with me. My bride's standing back. She's just praying in the spirit. <laughs> Listen, saints, I'm telling you what. It was amazing. Hallelujah. Take it from Pop. Don't ever wrestle a devil. You don't have to. Jesus never did. He just looked and said, come out. And the devils did it. Amen. They just came out. Hallelujah. And don't start doing. Only Jesus did this one time. What's your name? And it was the, he said, I am Legion for we are many. It was the man from the wild man, madman from Kadaria. Listen, we were doing that for a little bit too. Uh, spirit, demonic spirit. What's your name? He could say Ralph. Yeah. My name's Ralph. Roar. Come out, Ralph. Well, he's a liar. The devil's a liar. His name could be George. But he'll tell you it's Ralph. Are you with me? So you need to be led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> Say it with me. Christianity, let's get off of this, stands or falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. She did get delivered. Oh, yeah. But the conclusion of that story was, we were so beat, and that girl, she ended up so exhausted. Carol's praying spirit said, Lord, what, how do we do this? And the Lord said, at 3 a.m., I'll deliver her. Yeah. She said, at 3 in the morning, she will be delivered. At 3 in the morning, that demon will leave her. What time? 3. What time? 3 in the morning. So they all got up. This girl, this girl was foaming, spitting. It smelled so bad, everything else. <laughs> and I was just standing there, just like praying in the spirit. And they kept looking at me. Do you got anything? I said, no. I just know what God spoke to me, 3 a.m. I'm not wrestling with her. Not, not going there. And, um, and so, well, he was hold, they were holding her down because she would have hurt herself, too. That's a lot of it. Because when she went in there, she knew nothing about that whole kitchen. And yet it was pitch black, and she walked right over and got a knife. And it was a big butcher knife. It wasn't just a little knife. It was a big butcher knife. So anyway, so um, at 3 in the morning, you and our guest speaker, we're not going to name, our guest speaker 
got up, went into the bathroom to wash all the spit off of you. And I never got spat on because I was just kind of sitting there like just praying in the Holy Ghost. And I looked up at the clock. It was, it turned three o'clock. She's laying there on the floor. She would come in and out of it. She's laying there on the floor. She opened her eyes and started crying and crying and crying. And I got down on my knees next to her. And I said, sweetheart, she said, I want it. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. That demon left her in peace. And I led her into a prayer. And um, she is now just doing, this is years ago. She's probably in her 40s or something. She's doing wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. 16 at the time she got delivered. Yeah. Amen. Well, how many love Jesus this morning? <sighs> Something real important about the Lord and the impact Jesus of Nazareth had on society, humanity. No other religious leader in all of history has fulfilled over 300 prophecies regarding the promised Messiah but Jesus of Nazareth. He's the only one. Josh McDowell did a, a couple of books called Evidence Demands a Verdict. And in there, he took the probability and he, he really brought and called psychics on the carpet. The possibility of a psychic pro prophesying one thing that actually would come to pass was like one in a trillion. It was humongous. The possibilities of them. One out of ten coming one out of ten coming to pass was like one in this insurmountable number of a psychic actually calling something, you know, as a prognostic. So the Bible and the credibility of the Bible that you and I have in our hands and that we cherish, that we have the written word of God, over three hundred prophecies concerning the Messiah, what he would have to fill. And Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled every one of them. Amen. You can take that to the bank. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. He is the Christ. Yes, Including these prophecies regarding the birth, the ministry, the suffering, betrayal, crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection from the dead, and ascension to heaven. Jesus our Jesus fulfilled it. Hallelujah. No other religion in the world can make that claim. Hallelujah. How many religions are there, saints, around the globe? Thousands, millions, whatever. Religions, at least thousands of religions. Amen? So religion... Take, I want you to just really embrace this because it really can become a great tool as you're witnessing. Religion globally is mankind's sincere attempt to contact their creator. Whether it be Muslim, I'm talking about sincere folk, Buddhists, all the new age folk. Their people are looking for, their con for a contact with God. In Africa, the remotest tribe. That has never heard of Jesus. Romans 1 is living and active and working on their behalf. 
The creation alone reveals to them that there's a creator. And the Holy Spirit is here on earth to connect with them to that creator. They may not know the accuracy of that name. But the Bible says in Romans, the criterion for that situation is that they begin to worship the creator of the things that they're, that's connecting for them. And not the creation. Amen? So I'll tell you what, God is big. Hallelujah. He knows how to make this all come to pass. If you ever had a question in that. Um, man was incapable of saving himself. So God intervened and sent Jesus to take our punishment on himself. Amen. Look at John chapter 3 with me as we just get delve into this. You know what John chapter 3 is? It's about this religious leader that was very high ranking in the Pharisee order. And he comes to Jesus by night, the Bible says. Ah, there he is. He must have been part Greek because his name is Nick. <laughs> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Flow with me. Yeah, thank you, Rich. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God's with him. So Jesus looks at him and says, thanks. I'm glad you see and realize that. No, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the message you and I have to carry. That's a message that you and I need to communicate to anyone that's not saved. Unless somebody is born again. How many people have you talked to over the years that said, well, you know, I'm a good person. That's usually the trump card for most folk. I'm a good person. And they measure themselves on the commandments. Well, I haven't killed anybody. You know, I haven't committed. And in the Catholic Church, we were given uh, a lot of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, that some were uh, venial sins, and then there was mortal sins. Venial sins, you'd have to go to purgatory and do some hard time before you got led into heaven. Mortal sins damned your soul. Okay? So you really didn't want to mess with the mortal. But all them venials, eh, I don't mind doing hard time. Yeah, the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. Praise God, so let's enjoy it. <laughs> Amen. No, 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 no. John, that next verse. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be a little too fast? Is that it? Yeah. And be born. Thank you. Go ahead. So Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Guys, this is an ABCs of you and I leading somebody to Christ. You and I need to be able to make a defense for the hope that lies within us. See, it, it, there's something about being baptized, saved blood-bought, knowing that you're a, a, a kingdom citizen, a child of God. Then being baptized in water, being sealed and uh, circumcised in the baptisms of water, that your heart is, and then being filled with the Holy Ghost and power, with fire and power to be the witness that God wants you and I to be. This is all part of his plan. It's not just do one thing only. One thing, accepting Christ will get you into heaven. But God wants you and I to be fruitful. Multiply. 
replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Those things aren't just in a physical arena or just for the things that make you feel good or successful. That's in the spirit realm. It's in the mental realm. It's in the emotional realm. It's in the physical realm. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. Amen. It's in the financial realm. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. It's like one of the things that Vince, the, the word prayer, one of the word prayers, you know, he said, you know, he gets to praying about finances and that we shall give and not borrow. Hallelujah. He gets to Romans, Deuteronomy 28 and starts releasing that stuff. That, that's the desire of God for the church. It's in Deuteronomy 28. You shall lend and not borrow. So you've got to be in a position of wealth to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go on. Is that the next verse? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's just that simple. There's two births. There are two births that people need to have. Do not marvel that I said to you. Go ahead. You can go to verse 7. That I said to you, you must be born again. He's talking to a religious leader. And then he communicates to him this way. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But it cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born in the Spirit. Mike, that's how the Holy Ghost leads you just as well. It's like a wind coming across your spirit man. It's him. His winds are blowing, but it's his mind. He brings his will and intent to you in those promptings, those nudgings. Mike was just asking me about this because he just had an experience yesterday. And he called me up and said, do you think the Holy Ghost would lead me? Good question. Amen. You want to learn to hear the voice of God. Amen. You hear his voice in a lot of different ways. Amen. Right now. You know, and uh, the guy actually, well, let's just remember the radios before we had all this digital stuff. The antennas and the frequencies. You had to turn the radio dial to come to the frequency and be very minute and sometimes to get the greatest clarity. Amen. But if you went to every station that you could actually pull into this room right now, you'd have heavy metal. You'd have all kind of crazy music. You'd have love songs. You'd have oldies. You would have hip hop. You would have all this stuff in here. It's all in here right now in the, in the realm of sound in space, time and space. It's here. But you have to dial that radio in to pull down the signal that you want to hear. There's a frequency. There's a frequency of the Holy Ghost in us. Hallelujah. There's a frequency right from heaven, bless God. And that's the one we want to learn how to tune into. And that's what he's saying here. The wind blows where it wishes. God has a frequency. He has a sound. You hear the sound of it, but can't tell where it comes from, where it goes. So as everyone is born of the spirit. Next verse. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And this is where I want to get to. But next verse 11. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things for crying out loud? Amen. Next verse. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Next verse. We're going to go to verse 17. 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Anybody can quote this? Let's read it together. Verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life when you die. Uh, uh Uh-huh. When? Are you sure? Okay. For God, go ahead. For God didn't, everybody, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. I am so glad that the good news of the gospel got to me. I'm eternally in debt to those who prayed me into the kingdom. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, oh, no man, anything but love. So I at least got to love the folks that prayed me into the kingdom. Amen. And shared the Lord with me. Hallelujah. They put up with me. Dear God, I was, I, 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 I was a wretched soul without Jesus. Amen. And I'm sure, I bet you were too. Amen. Proverbs 8 is really, a, there's a precious verse in Proverbs 8 says, the scripture says that Jesus' delight was in the sons of men at creation. His delight was with the sons of men. Oh, God wants a family. Oh, Jesus, you know, if he's the firstborn of many brethren in the human race, as God, as the son of man, he's the firstborn of many brethren. That means he's our big, 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 big brother. He just humbled himself to a place to become our eldest brother, the firstborn. Amen. The firstborn of many brethren. But there's a whole, maybe we could do teachings upon teachings about what it means to be the firstborn in, a, in the household, the firstborn male. The Bible says, holy unto the Lord is the firstborn male that opens the womb. Hallelujah. Why? Because they're a seed sower. They're a progenitor. They're going to carry the name. Amen. That's like the movie Ben-Hur. Well, his name was Judah. Ben-Hur. Judah, son of her. They didn't even use last names. Tim is Tim Ben Ray. Timothy Ben Raymond. Amen. Rabraham. Jesus' intense suffering began in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was there that he experienced the agony of what he would have to endure for the redemption of all mankind. You talk about love and faith. The intensity of his prayers and anguish caused his sweat to have blood mixed with it. Look at Luke 22 with me. Verse 42, if you would, Rich. Luke 22, verse 42. I, I am so, I was, I, I could feel, you know, as we were all ministering to the Lord and just speaking that name, Jesus, and we got in that reflective mode. That mood, and I'm going to say this, the mood of the Holy Spirit to love on Jesus. Thank you for your obedience, guys. Thank you for yielding to that prompting and guidance. Luke twenty two forty two. Jesus prayed and said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Right there. This is a, a map of. For you and I in the Christian. 
as, as Christians. This is a map. That when we have the option and say, God, you know, uh, it, the experience, I want to say this. We have that experience of saying, Lord, I don't want to go this way. I would rather not go this way. And God's given you direction in your life. God's given everybody in here direction in their life. Think about it. We're no better than Abraham or Abram. When the Lord spoke to him and said, leave your family, leave your country and come to a place that I'll show you. He didn't even tell him where. He wanted him. He required obedience and faith of him for the journey. Are you glad Abram obeyed God? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I am. Glory to God. Another role model. A role model. You hear the word of the Lord and with obedience and faith, you begin to live it out, walk it out. You may not know where it's going to take you fully, but if God's sending you, it's good. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will. You have to understand that cross that Jesus hung on was not his. It was mine. Now, there's a place of identification that the body of Christ needs to personally embrace. Everybody in here. You need, we all need a revelation that this was not his cross. This was mine. I deserved to be flogged the way Jesus was. I deserved to suffer for the sin, past, present, and future. I deserved to be nailed to it. All mankind deserves it. And that's the amazing thing about Jesus. I'll take the punishment for the entire human race. Every sin. Every demonic activity. Every demonic torment. Every demonic affliction. I'll take upon myself. In your stead. Father, you start to understand, and we can start to grasp it with Holy Spirit, with your help, the reality of the value you placed on my life. The love that you exhibited, Jesus, when you took my place. Yeah, there are no words. It was like Jesse in that video. Thanks. What work, What can you say? You know, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel, verse 43, appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, this is for the suffering of the all mankind. But you know what? God's so good with you and I. We can have faith for angels to strengthen us when we say no to our flesh. No to the desires. No, no to our personal desires. Not every desire you and I have is evil. 
It could be selfish. And then in that of itself, that could be an expression of, of missing the mark. It's sin to lust after something, but to desire something isn't wrong. The Bible says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll grant us the desire of our heart. So desires aren't wrong. Amen. They just have to be appraised. Amen. Now, wasn't it cool when Jesse said, and David said, come on, I, I want to take you to show you your house. And he goes in there. Glory to God. Glory to God. And the domino effect starts. And he said, I think a foyer. When you walk into a home, the foyer defines that house. He said, I love Tulsion. I love marble. And he said, and the furniture, bless God, had claw. And the crown moldings, yeah, all that stuff. Amen. And he said, it's like earth. And he said, the Lord knew you would like it. So he, he put it in your house. I, I, I know that I'm going to be living with Carol in heaven. I know that I'll be living with Carol in heaven. Because she brought the lace out in me. Hallelujah. I, my house would have been sheetrock. Just sheetrock. Amen. With shades in the window. Amen. It would be clean. I promise you that. But there wouldn't be, you know, drapes. All, I don't need that. Amen. I'm a guy. But you know what? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, living with this woman over all the years, all of a sudden there's lace. And there's lace in the windows, lace here, lace there. And all of a sudden, by osmosis, I'm starting to like lace. And, and not feeling awkward about it. Amen. I even walked the dog with a pink leash. Jesus. But I carry a sword, too. Anyway. <laughs> An angel appears to him from heaven, strengthening him. I just want you to see something today. That part of that, the whole reality of the, the cross and picking up our cross. We're not going to get there because of time today. But picking up our cross and following him, that life of self-denial, is, it really comes to this. I am no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. So you and I need to always remember that we are a slave of, of one nature or the other. We're either a slave to sin or a bond slave to righteousness. And when you and I make the choice to be a bond slave to the Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ and his provision, we lose our rights. We lose our rights, but we gain his. See, the church needs to be... To get more out of, you know, just out of the word. A greater revelation of who we are because of whose we are. It goes on in verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You talk about anguish. There is a physical, medically they talk about it. And you can find it in the medical books. There's a condition a person gets to where blood starts coming out of your pore. Yeah, right there, his body began to break down. Jesus knew what Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53 revealed about the Christ and the pain and the thoughts of the suffering Messiah. If you don't understand this, Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm 
regarding the thoughts in that context of in the content of this book. Turn there with me a minute. Let's just look at a couple things here. That as we're in this season, we have an opportunity to, to love people, those who are lost around us, and to minister to them. Look at Psalm 22. I, I love to go to Psalm 22 and reflect. Because this is a prophetic messianic psalm regarding the thoughts of Jesus on the cross. Hallelujah. A thousand years before Christ's death. A thousand years before Jesus' death. If I can go through this quickly, this psalm. Holy Spirit, thank you for the word of God and for the inspiration you put on David. The anointing that came on your king. Your servant. That you used him as prophet, priest, and king. And Lord, that as we read this, that we would in just cherish what Jesus did for us. Verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, the fulfillment of that is in Matthew 27, verse 46. Verse 2, oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear in the night season. And I am not silent. This is Jesus on the cross. But you are holy. Enthroned in the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. This is Jesus on the cross. But I am a worm. And no man. Now, I remember reading this, you know, as a whatever time frame it was, reading this as a young Christian. And I thought, how could Jesus say, I am a worm and no man? The Hebrew word is tola. I am a tola worm. It was a certain species of caterpillar that they would accumulate the caterpillars and smash them because of the color of their blood and sink, put royal robes material into them to dye it to get the color of royalty. Y'all here? That was, I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. Literally, a maggot used for its crimson color to dye garments royal robes. He was a high priest. Yeah. Wow. Verse 7. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Matthew 27, 39 to 43. Fulfillment. Verse 9 of Proverbs 22. But you... Are he who took me out of the womb. 
You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. These are every demonic spirit that represents any kind of torment on the planet. They gaped at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. No wonder he prayed. Father, if it's possible, let this pass. For dogs have surrounded me, the Roman soldiers. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And my clothing they ca- for my clothing they cast lots. Fulfilled in Matthew 27. Verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. These are his thoughts on the cross. And then he expires. And some folk, you you really have to just look at it and see the prophetic flow. Verse 21. You have answered me. Next verse. When Jesus dies, he goes down into paradise. Where the souls, the holding tank for all those who had died before and were righteous according to the law. They weren't born again. They were waiting for the Messiah. Abraham's bosom. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly in paradise, I will praise you. And the word praise here is halal. It means to rave, make boast. Give glory, act clamorously foolish. So the lamb comes down there in his spirit in the paradise. Bless God. And he begins to preach the good news to those who are in the holding tank. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the midst of the assembly, I'll praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all you offspring of Israel. This is Jesus preaching in paradise. But it's still living and active. It's still good today. That's a good word to decree today, isn't it? For you who fear the Lord, praise him, all you descendants of Jacob. Glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. 
For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, speaking of, of the Messiah, he heard, my praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. Now we got David cooking on here. The poor shall eat and be satisfied as a prophet. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. Hallelujah. No wonder Islam is trying to take the world by force. Out of Abram came two great nations. He said the Hagar, the angel in the the desert. He said, out of Ishmael shall come a great nation. But it will be a nation of the flesh. Oh, but out of, amen, amen. Out of Isaac, the son of promise, a great, the greatest nation will arise. And it will be the one of righteousness, the one of the, fle- and of the amen? amen? The one of the promise. Hallelujah. Say, I am of the promise. Of the promise. Tell your neighbor, we're of the promise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 29. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. Hallelujah. We got good news for young and old. For those yet to be born if we're at Jesus tarries. You and I have a mission. Amen. Listen, we may retire from a regular vocation, but I'll tell you what. We need to always be refiring. We are here to refire, bless God, and to take the good news of Jesus forth. That cross, and one more verse if I may. In Hebrews, I want to say it this way to you real quick. It was in the garden Jesus made the choice to go all the way with the suffering that waited for him. That suffering we just looked at in Psalm 22. But the choice was based on you and I and all mankind. This is Jesus' choice. His resolve. For you and I and all mankind to have the opportunity to be born again, delivered, healed, and restored in a relationship with God our Father. Hallelujah. For the joy that was set before him. Look at Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight, lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says then to you and I who are in Christ, we are seated in him in heavenly places right now. Hallelujah. 
He took our place, saints, so that we could have a place with the Father. We could be restored, reconciled, justified. Glory to God. It don't get, it, it, it ain't getting no better than this. Amen. I am so glad that we are out of religion and into relationship. How about you? Hallelujah. Do you have, katabashaka, please stand. Say, I am born of the spirit. I am a new creation. I am filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. I am a witness of the lamb. I will do the works of my father. I will proclaim the good news of Jesus. I will win souls to the lamb. With the Holy Ghost help. In Jesus mighty name. I will tell people of the suffering Jesus did for them. In Jesus name. Amen. I will tell them that he rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation. So we'll tell of the sufferings of Christ. To all that comes along my path. In Jesus name. Amen. Let me just read this real quick. This is so cool. In that message Bible. In Psalm 22. Verse 30. It says our children and their children. Will get in on this. <laughs> yes. Our children and their children. Will get in on this. As the word is passed along. From parent to child. Woo. Babies not yet conceived. Will hear the good news. That God does what he says. Let me read this real quick from Hebrews 5. Because the tall worm. And it says, I'm like a worm that they just, they're just walking on and stamping. And he was willing to lay his life down. As, as the maggot's blood was used for royal robes, his royal blood was for our robes to be royal in him. Amen. So now that you said that, that's what the tall worm, and you study that through. But li- li- so keeping that all in mind. Every high priest selected to represent men and women before God and offered sacrifices for their sins should be able to deal gently with their failings since he knows what it's like from his own experience. But that also means that he has to offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as the people's. No one elects himself to to this honored position. He's called to it by God. As Aaron was, neither did Christ presume to set himself. Whoa, there's so much in there. I'm just, it just went (laughs) like a Rolodex. No one else, no one elects himself to this honored position. He's called to it by God. Church, are you a priest? Yes. After the order of Melchizedek. Are you, you're a priest. Didn't Jesus tell us freely? Yeah, freely you have been forgiven. What sins you forgive are forgiven. What sins you retained are retained. God gives us the power to forgive sins. Tell people they are forgiven of their sins. We are priests 
of the Melchizedek order. Not of the order of Aaron. Not of the Levites. But of the, or the Levites. But we are of the order of Melchizedek who had no beginning. And when you study that through and see that Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek because he is Melchizedek. Yeah. Amen. No one elects himself to this honored position and some are just going, what in the world are you talking about, Carol? This is what it is to study the word of God. And get the word and study it and study it and get study aids. He's called to it by God as Aaron was. Neither did Christ presume to set himself up as a high priest, but was set apart by the one who said to him. See, that cross, that was our cross. But it became Jesus' cross because he came to represent man. But it was also the cross the Father sent his son on. It was his cross too. Everything that Jesus suffered, Father suffered, Holy Spirit suffered, felt everything, felt everything because they are one. You You can't separate them. They're one. And then, where was I, hon? No one elects himself to this honor position. He's called to it by God as Aaron was. Neither did Christ presume to himself presumed to set himself up as a high priest, but was set apart by the one who said to him, you're my son. Today I celebrate you. In another place, God declares, you're a priest forever in the royal order of Melchizedek. While he lived on earth anticipating death. Did you hear that? While Jesus was here on earth, knowing from what the word was saying about him, yeah. knowing how the angels came and ministered to him. No, and you know what? In, 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 Acts, it says, in Acts, it says that after the Holy Spirit came upon him, that's when he could be the witness. That's when we could be the witnesses. Yeah. We couldn't be witnesses till after the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Right. The witness is pointing to God's acts. Yes. That's what the fire of God does, okay? The fire of the Holy Ghost. While he lived on earth anticipating death, Jesus cried out in pain and wept in sorrow as we saw in the garden. Now I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 5. God answered him. Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered just Just as as we do. That's why I was saying in the beginning of the service, as these words are coming forth and just the, the, um, <clears throat> the, the ministry through um, Elena, I, I'm hearing it. I'm listening to it. Listen, everybody. We have no excuse to hold on to our excuses. No. We have no excuse to hold on to our excuses that we don't want to give up this area to God. Mm-mm. I want to get softer and so soft. I want the love of God, the love of Jesus to consume my heart with everything inside of me that I can look at people. And let me tell you something. If I can't love my husband at home the way I love you, I'm a hypocrite. I am a real hypocrite. And I love my husband. I have a serving husband. And I wish men could... Watch him in our household and learn from him. I say this with all due respect. 
Some things take six months. <clears throat> some, some things take more than six months. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way my husband loves me, serves me, helped take care of our children when he came home from work. He would come home and say, Carol, I'm home. I'm taking over. My kids knew it. And I would say, hon, go get a nap. And if he could see it on me that I had a long day, he'd say, nope. He said, you go lay down or go, take, go out, go do something. He's just throwing up pipe all day long, cast iron. We're not talking about plastic pipe. My husband served me, and he doesn't like this, but my husband served me and still serves me. Yeah. My husband will get me anything that I want. And I know, Albert, you're of the same kind. But I wish you guys could be a fly on the wall and watch what he does. Because when I say it, I say it with all my heart. And I know, there's, I know there's other men here. But you know what? I get convicted, church, of his love for me. I get convicted that I'm not loving him the way I should. Because his love for me is so great. And I just go, God, I'm not doing enough for him. Please forgive me. What can I do that's special for him? What can I do? And it's like this whole. I like massage. I know. I know you do. He likes this. All you do is just go like this to him. He's so simple. But you know what? In his simplicity, it's just like it's so easy to love each other. We got to let it go, everybody. Let our walls down. Give in to one another. Give in to God. And that's what he's saying here. Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. Then having arrived at the full stature of his maturity and having been announced by God as high priest when he was on that cross in the order of Melchizedek for all the sins of the world, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believingly, listen, here's the key word, Obey him. There you go. We celebrate Jesus. We celebrate the love of the Father to us. Now, here's what I wanted to share with you, everybody. My heart is so heavy with what is going on with the atrocities of not just Syria in North Korea, in Russia. And nations all around the world can't even begin to name all this, the nations. I am so grateful that God put President Trump in office. It was prophesied over and over again from prophets for years about Trump and mentioned his name. I am asking that we would please keep him in prayer, please, every single day. It's not just the nations. A lot of nations commended what he did. But here's the greatest enemy. The enemy is within our own nation that is trying to, to destroy 
the purposes of God in his presidency. Did you hear what I said? To try to destroy the purposes of God in his presidency. Listen to me. There's been so much lies through the liberal media. My brother called me this week and was going round and round with me on the phone. I I know you're tapping me. Mm. Was going round and round with me on the phone. All of a sudden started debating with me about President Trump out of nowheres. And I said to him, I said, you called me to debate? I said, I'm changing the subject because I'm not here to debate. I know who God put in. And I just told him this. Do yourself a favor. Get out of the world of fake news. When Trump started saying that, he was so, it's like God's using him like he did with Jesus to point the way through his words, acts, and actions, and demonstrations. Now everybody else is picking up on it. Mm -hmm. And I asked him just to listen to Fox News for one week, just one week. And he promised me he would do it. He said, it's going to be really hard. I said, said, the only reason why is because you'll hear truth. You will hear truth. I'm not saying everything, but you will hear truth. What I want to ask is this. Carrie told me she watched something on um, Xfinity, and it's called The Cry of Syria. It's a documentary. And when Assad was, after his father passed away, who was the dictator, was really, really bad, they thought his son would be better. Someone, kids, got so excited in their little village, and they wrote, did you see this? Did you see this movie? Kids got so excited about this that they just wrote on the wall, um, a new one or another one or a new one, I think it was. Word got out and got to Assad. And they came to that village and they took those kids and they tortured them. Their torture was horrendous. They carried, watched the film clips. She said, Mom, I, did, I said, I don't even know how you could do it. They began beating them with their fist. These are just young kids that were like 12 years old, 11, 12, excuse me, 10, 11, 12, 13. Start beating them with their, excuse me, their fists, and they started um, taking a rod or instrument and start beating them all over with it. They cut their fingertips off. They pulled their fingernails out. They, um, one, they raped him and then cut his genitals off and um, sliced them. Torturous things. Listen, I'm saying this to you guys, not to end in a... I want you guys to get the impact, to understand. We're in a war. We're in a war. Jesus suffered greater. But Jesus is looking on and he's saying, what is my church doing? Can we, can we pray? Absolutely. Can we pray? Can you carry the nations like we had prayed? I believe it was Wednesday or Tuesday night. 
can we ask God for the nations and for the heart and deliverance for these people? And that's what I'm saying. Hillary's trying to still use it against Donald Trump, saying he won't let them in. No, we don't want terrorists into this nation. And what they want is they want safe refuge places in Syria where the people can go, Muslims and Christians, to be safe. They don't want to leave their homeland. It's like somebody yanking you out of here and putting you in another country. It's not a fun thing to do. The torture, the tremendous, it goes on and on and on what they do. But all I'm saying is this. Pray for wisdom. The cross of Jesus is in my heart. I'm sealed with the cross. And you guys are too. We are now in a season where we have to pray like we've never prayed before. Love like we never loved before. And love is laying our lives down. Share the gospel with people all around you. Jesus Christ is coming at any time, church. Are you ready? It's, Are you ready? It's escalating. Yeah. It's escalating. What we're seeing in the natural is a result of what's actually happening in the spirit. There's an escalation. Yeah. Uh, there's American ships that are approaching uh, the Korean waters now. We we need to wake up and smell the coffee. Amen. An aircraft carrier. Yeah. Let's pray real quick as we close. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege to be your sons and daughters. Thanks for everything you did today. The things you spoke, revealed by inspiration through the word. Lord, we do. We take this very seriously. That we were born for such a time as this. To be a people of love, a people of faith, and a people of hope. But a people is not just your bride, an army. And we pray for the deliverance of the nations. We pray for the gospel that touched the nations. Lord, and the dictators. God, to be removed. That you would move by your spirit across, across this nation, God. Yes, that you would Lord, put the yes. things in place that need that are necessary yes. to drop. You, your word says that you appoint leaders and you replace them. You, you take yes. them out. Lord, give our president the wisdom yes. in the name of Jesus and the nations, to our allies. God, shut the mouth of the liars and the liberals and the antichrist. And raise up the voice of those who know your voice. In the name of Jesus, that righteousness would prevail and justice in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. The Syrian people. Yeah, we cover the Syrian people. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow night we have prayer, 7 o'clock. We'll see you all. Hallelujah. Amen.